0: Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I did a short break, man. It was about two weeks that I didn't release a show. Used to, you know, people who are listening every single week are used to having a podcast every Monday and Thursday. I got a few messages from some friends and some other people just saying like, where's the podcast at? Are you still doing it? Yes, I am. Just took a couple week hiatus, went to visit some family, went to, you know, a lot of work and different things that are taking place. And so took a couple week break. I released over 150 episodes. This will be 151 right now. And so I think I was due for a short little break or lapse right there. But anyways, moving forward, there'll be a new episode every Monday on Charisma Podcast com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, anywhere that podcasts are listened to. So instead of Monday and Thursday, there's going to be a new episode every Monday. But there's tons of content, hours and hours and hours of content. If you want to go back and listen, 150 episodes for you to glean from. And if you go to YouTube and look up Michael Lombardo or look up Awaken Podcast, my channel will pop up. You can subscribe to that channel. But now we're starting to release video content. You might be watching on YouTube right now, my video content. But I have about five or six episodes now that are releasing with video content and moving forward that's how we're going to be doing it you also see if you're on the channel some of my older shows and it was awaken live and i was doing the live format you'll see a split screen um, when i was doing interviews with guests and there's about 80 episodes on there of content as well apart from the new version of awaken podcast and so there's lots of free content out there for you guys to glean from and be blessed by but moving forward every monday there'll be a new episode streaming for you guys to tap into on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Charisma Network. And so, just wanted to update you guys on that. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week, being a blessing, being a part of the family here, always listening, always sharing. You know, make sure to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It gets it out to more people so they can be blessed by the gospel, they can be blessed by the interviews, the revelation, all the amazing things that are taking place through this Podcast. They can enjoy that. All right. And so make sure to do that. It really helps me out. I appreciate it. I love producing free content for you guys. I don't want to charge a cent for it. I love doing that. And so it really helps just to subscribe and a review and just share this with family and friends. And so today I'm continuing a series on the Sermon on the Mount. Not exactly sure how many parts this is going to be. I am ending chapter five today. So the Sermon on the Mount, one of Jesus' most famous sermons. Um, It's chapters five through seven in the Gospel of Matthew. And I'm just going to end chapter five today. And I think I'm just going to be pulling certain texts out, not going line by line, but I'm going to be pulling certain texts out that I believe have relevance that I feel like the Lord is highlighting in this time. Obviously, the whole thing is amazing. But at the same time, you know, to go line by line, will be like a 30-part series. And so today, I want to talk about the words of Jesus in verses, this is chapter 5, verses 21 to verse, all the way to the end of the chapter, which goes to verse 48. But what Jesus is saying here is essentially the same. And what he's saying in this bulk of verses is, hey, listen, the law said one thing, I'm saying another thing. The law said don't murder. The law said don't commit adultery. The law said, hey, if you want a divorce, you need to give a certificate of divorce. The law said, hey, you know, Don't make false vows, but fulfill your words to the Lord. The law said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The law said, you shall love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. But me, Jesus, the word made flesh, I am saying something else. I'm taking it deeper. I'm taking it to the heart level. It's not just about your actions. It's about the heart in which those actions manifest. And so everything starts with a thought. Murder starts with a thought. Adultery starts with a thought. Uh, hating your enemy, loving, loving your neighbor, hating your enemy, that starts with a thought. These thoughts begin to brew, and those thoughts produce actions. Those actions become strongholds in our lives, and they affect our destiny. They affect how we walk in this world and how we could truly be salt and light, like I discussed in part two of this sermon series. And so, listen, guys, Jesus took it to the heart level. And, you know, the prophet Ezekiel said that he's going to take out our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And he's going to put his spirit on the inside of us to empower us to walk out his commandments and his statutes. And so the law was written on tablets of stone and it was commandments telling us how to live a holy and righteous life. But now by the Holy Spirit because of the finished work of Christ his shed blood his broken body because he became sin on our behalf so that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ because of the finished work of Christ now the law is written upon our hearts and we're supposed to live a spirit empowered life we live in relationship with God by the Holy Spirit because what of Christ because what Christ has accomplished and we get to live in power to live a holy life and so Jesus is telling the Jews of his day they were all about the law they were all about the disciplines. They were all about the hand washings and the and the oil on the head and about the tithes and the offerings. And they were all about following every line of the law or else or else. And so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, it's not about the actions only. It's about your heart. Out of your heart flows all the issues of life. Out of your heart flows the wellsprings of life. And so you need a heart transformation. If you are committing adultery, it's because you first thought about committing adultery. If you murdered someone, it's because you first thought about murdering someone. And so it, it begins in a place and it begins in the heart. And so this is what Jesus is getting at. You cannot change your heart. You can only change your actions. But through Israel's history, we found out it's very hard to change your actions and be consistent over a period of time. And we cannot work our way into righteousness. Jesus worked his way for us. We receive the reward of Christ. We reap his obedience and righteousness is a gift. Thank God. Righteousness is a gift because listen, at the end of the day, we committed sin and that sin, it it put us into death, a state of death. Okay. And everyone is born in this state where we have a sinful nature and we have a propensity towards sin, but Jesus Christ crucified that sinful nature and he put his spirit on the inside of us so now we could have a propensity for life and for righteousness and we could walk out these commandments. But Jesus is highlighting, he's saying, okay, great. The law said don't murder, but don't think angry and hateful thoughts towards your brother. He's saying, hey, listen, adultery? Okay. You know, I said don't commit adultery, but if you've lusted in your heart, you've committed adultery. He's trying to point them to a better way, to a heart transformation, not just performance modification, but heart transformation and the law did not have the power to change us only jesus has the power to change us it is his work we cannot work our way into righteousness he gave us righteousness as a gift we cannot climb our way to heaven he came down and he brought us with him In that tree on the cross, we were crucified with Christ and he rose us up with him and we are co-seated with Christ in the heavenly places. He did the work on our behalf. He was a vicarious man who died in our place, not just for us. He didn't just die for us. He did that, but he died as us. Our old life died with Christ and now we are new creations. The old is gone. The new has fully come. This is vital to embrace because we're not supposed to believe a half gospel that we're just forgiven. We're supposed to believe that we're free and we could live a holy life because of the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that indwells us, that gives us power to do what we could not do in our natural faculties. And so. I'm going to pull some scriptures from Romans just to show you the power of the gospel. And then I'm going to kind of tune this up here in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. But I want to read to you the beginning of Romans chapter 8. This is the Apostle Paul. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, and I'm going to read maybe four or five verses here. He says, therefore, there is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And he says in verse seven, that it is the law that brought sin and death that arouses sin, which produces death in our lives. Just a commandment stirs up sin in us. Verse three, for what the law could not do. This is important. Verse three, guys, I'm highlighting this. Verse three, for what the law could not do. Weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. The law could not complete the job. That's why Jesus came. The law failed. The law was good for its time. It was a schoolmaster. It taught us that we needed Jesus, that we cannot do it in our own powers and abilities. The law showed us that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And the law is not for the righteous, but it is for the unrighteous, for the immoral, for the ungodly, for the kidnappers, for the murderers. The Apostle Paul tells us that it's not for those to live a righteous life, not to help us live a righteous life, life, but it is for those so they could recognize, I don't know God. I don't know Jesus. I need his help. I need a savior. And so what the law could not do, weak as it was with the flesh combined, God did in sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He wasn't sinful. He was perfect and spotless, but in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. I love that. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 10 really quick. One verse, chapter 10, verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. If you believe, Christ is the end of the law for you. You are righteous by the act of Christ alone, by his finished work alone, by grace through faith, I am saved, not of my own merit so that I could boast before the Lord, but by grace through faith, this is the gospel. No works needed. Jesus plus nothing. I embrace his work. I receive the the merit of all that he has done. And so if you are in Christ, if you believe and are in Christ the law does not apply. So when Jesus is speaking in Matthew 5, he's speaking to unbelievers. He's speaking to the Jews of his day who are religious, who are relying upon their own merit based on their obedience to the law. So he's trying to get them to see. It's not just about the physical action. It's about your heart. Your hearts are corrupt. He tells the Pharisees that your hearts are like, you're like whitewashed tombs. Your chalice is real pretty on the outside, but it's dirty on the inside. He's trying to get them to see that you're dirty on the inside. You're looking all pretty and polished on the outside, but you're dirty. On the inside, you need a heart transformation, and I believe this is what he is hammering. This is what he is preparing them for. He's trying to get them to the end of themselves, not relying upon their own works of righteousness, but bringing them to a place of surrender, saying, I can't do this on my own. And so you go through this. Jesus is sharing with them how to live a righteous life. This is also a beautiful picture for us to know what righteousness looks like. You know the apostle paul really tells us about what christ truly accomplished and how to live a spirit empowered life and he does give us precepts and 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 you know um deeds that that show us that hey listen like this is what it looks like to live a holy life but jesus is also giving that giving this to us in this chapter as well he's saying we need to reconcile with our brother that's what righteousness looks like he's saying that we need to purify ourselves in the sense we we you know we need to push away from temptation and embrace sexual purity he's saying that in the next book of scripture and then go down to verse 31 and he's saying hey listen there's no reason for you to divorce anyone except for sexual immorality in the past you could divorce anyone you anyone you want now there's only one reason that's acceptable that's what it looks like to live a holy life and then he goes on to the next one is saying like hey listen if you say something do it Hey, listen, if you make a vow to God, do it. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Anything else is from the evil one. That is a picture on how to live a holy life. And then he goes on to say, oh yeah, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's cool. I'm saying go the extra mile. I'm saying if someone slaps you on the right cheek, give him the other cheek too. If someone takes away your cloak, give him all your clothes. If someone tries to tell you to go a mile, hey, listen, go ahead and just do whatever he wants. At the end of the day, he's just saying, do more, give more. Don't you know, repay evil for evil, but give them good. Instead, heap burning hot coals on their head with love and kindness. And now you shall love your enemies, but hate, you should love your neighbor, but hate your enemies. No, you need to love your enemies as well as your neighbor, because, hey, listen, even godless people, people that don't have the Lord that are living in sin, they love their friends, but they don't love their enemies. So what makes you different if you do the same thing? And he's saying like, hey, listen, people that are living in the Lord, the saints of God, the holy priesthood, the chosen nation. These people, they love their friends and their enemies. And they learn how to bless those who curse them. And they learn how to be men and women of their word. And they know how to live a pure life. And they know how to reconcile with their brothers. And they don't swear upon heaven and earth. They don't make swears at all because they don't know their life is not in their hands. And he's just saying here at the end of this chapter, he's saying that God makes it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, he's saying that God blesses everybody, but he's like, hey, listen, the Gentiles, he's saying "Like the Gentiles, you, you got to be greater than them because we have the one in us that raised Christ from the dead. If we have the greatest power that created this life and holds this life together by the power of his word, then we need to be greater and be different than the world. And he's saying we need to be as perfect as our heavenly father is perfect Obviously, we cannot be as perfect as God, but through Christ, we've received his perfect righteousness. That's as good as it's going to get on the side of eternity, is receiving the perfection of Christ in us, not by our merit, but by his merit. And can we begin to manifest that, walk that out, flesh that out? Absolutely. Can we love one another? Can we bless our enemy? Can we be a man and woman of our word? Can we live in sexual purity on this side of the planet? Absolutely. 100% but by the power of the Spirit, not by the law, not by our works, not by our striving. By faith, because of Christ, not because of the law. The law has ended for those who believe. Christ is the end of the law. The law was weak, that it could not perform what it was set forth to perform. The law, sinful flesh, it could not obey the law. So Christ came and condemned sin in the flesh. That's what Romans tells us. That's what Romans 8, Romans 10, and it's all over the epistles of Paul, Peter, Jude, all of them. John the gospels it's all throughout there it's that silver lining it's that thread that goes all through the gospels and all through the epistles even through the book of revelation and you see glimpses of it in the old covenant in the old testament and so we need to see that Jesus is trying to get to the heart level of people there's a lot of self righteous people out there a lot of people feel like as they go to church that they're saved because they uh you know do certain good things and they give to the poor or certain charities or they don't you know they're not as evil as everybody else you know they don't murder they're not pedophiles they're not this or that, but like, Hey, I'm a good guy. I'm going to make it to heaven. It's not about that. It's not about your works of righteousness. It's about his work. It's about his obedience to the father. It's about what he accomplished on that tree to reconcile the world to himself. Now we need to be reconciled to God by believing and by receiving all that he has done, not by our merit. And so Jesus is letting them know, you guys have been self-righteous. You've been trusting in your own abilities. Hey, listen, the law it was good for its time. It was a schoolmaster pointing you to show you what a righteous life looks like, but your heart has been corrupt. It's been filthy. And this is what holiness looks like. But you could only do it through me. You could only do it through me. And that's essentially what Jesus gets at throughout the Sermon on the Mount and what the Apostle Paul really hammers and what the Apostles really break down through the book of Acts and through all of the epistles, really preaching this righteousness by faith, grace through faith, not by works. So I wanted to break that down for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in. There'll be another part to this Sermon on the Mount series here. And then, you know, amazing interviews. Next week, I have Jefferson Bethke on my show, which I love Jefferson. He's got powerful revelation. This guy is really pushing the family dynamic, trying to go against the grain of the Western culture and how we live life, you know, hustle culture. And he talks a lot about doing family as a team, which is powerful, which you'll want to hear a lot about. So next week, I'm talking to Jefferson Bethke. You'll want to tune into that. But bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing, rating and reviewing this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they could be blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll talk to you guys next time on Awakened Podcast. <laughs> Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to. Be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org. Lifeportoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so, bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.